Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with Cocky Nation. Now, we do not have two of our people here. Eric and Caleb are not here, but we have Cody, who is usually on the podcast with us, and we have a special guest. We have Will Seiler, who is a Central Arkansas football player. How you doing, Seiler? Doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Glad to be here. Cody, how you doing? You know what? It's it's November 2020. Can we make it to 2021 yet? Oh, I agree. I absolutely ad- agree. So, with that being said, you said 2020 is just let, let's just get 2020 done. Uh, we had an interesting start to the year. We we were all put in quarantine. So, what did y'all do during quarantine? Uh, well, let's see. So, ultimately when quarantine hit uh, I was in the middle of junior practicum so student teaching in a way uh, that ended so just trying to finish up school and then I uh, packed up my stuff moved back home and uh, since then just been working been doing a senior practicum now so almost there almost there Um, and uh, watching a lot of football at least what we can watch yeah what about you Will well, we were in the middle of spring ball whenever everything kind of went down here, and we were, I guess we were eight practices in out of 15, and we had like one positive case in the state, and school shut down, everything shut down, and so I live about an hour from Conway, and so I packed my stuff, went home, and um, I was getting ready for the MCAT um, in July, and so I you know, stayed at home, worked out. It was three months of really staying at home, studying, and getting ready to come back to campus and we didn't really know when that would be but so I did about three months of studying and working out and getting ready to come back yeah I um I was in the middle of my elementary practicum um so I was a little distraught that I had to I couldn't complete it um but during quarantine I started um running a lot more I don't do it anymore I hate running um so other than that, I also started writing more just to get my composition skills up um, as a music guy and a future band director. And once the gym started opening up, I started working out and getting ready for my internship, which went very well. I'm completely done with everything. I graduate in December. So things are on the upward climb. So hopefully things get a lot better in 2021. I, I think we will. I think we'll get a vaccine out. I think we'll be all right. That's yeah, I'm hoping that that 95% effective rate for that vaccine. I I hope that that does us well as a as a country. God bless. Uh, uh, who 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 was it? Uh, that that helped donate money towards that vaccine. It was um Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. God yeah, bless she Parton. is a sweet soul. We we don't deserve her. Just when you thought Dolly Parton couldn't get any better. I know, right? This just makes you love her even more. So, let's just jump right into the podcast. So, first up, we have the season recap. So, since we have Will on, we're going to look at UCA as well, let him talk a little bit about that, and then we'll look at uh, JSU. So, Central Arkansas, they finished 5-4, and so... Key wins against Austin P, Missouri State, and EKU. So, Will, tell us a little about a little bit about the season. 
Yeah, I mean, it was when we started this whole season back in August. I, when when everything got canceled, when the Southland shut football down, I guess it was at the very beginning of August or the very end of July. You know, Coach Brown came to us and he said, "This is going to be a weird season." He said, "We're still going to try and play," and he said, "As long as you guys want to." And so, you know, we told him, "Absolutely, we want to play football if we can play football." And so uh, he came to us and said, "We're putting some games together." And I think originally they were like, all right, we've got about six games. We're still trying to add a few more. It's going to be a lot of FBS games, um, a lot of chances to go play in places you wouldn't normally get to. And so we were like, bring it on. Um, but it, and in, in my opinion, it was a it was a huge success. I mean, it's not every year you get to play three FBS games, which we only ended up getting to play two because of Louisiana Lafayette uh, having some COVID issues last week. Um but all in all, I think it was it was a big success. You know, we had some issues with injuries, really. We didn't have any COVID issues on our end of anything, but I think we ended the year with over 15 scholarship athletes out for the season um, with, like, physical injuries. Um, it was definitely an emotionally draining season, though. Um, you know, being tested every Wednesday, there were people getting pulled off the field on Thursday because they were positive. Not always, you know, a lot of people, but you, you were just kind of always worried, is it going to be me? And... Um, it was different because, you know, you just end up with about no social life because you're trying not to you're trying not to sabotage your own season by going out and getting COVID. But um, as far as the games themselves go, um, I think you're, you're totally right. Austin P was a key win. Uh, that was, a, you know, a top 25, top 15 matchup that we played. Um, and then getting to play games like North Coast State, that was awesome. You know, we were up by five with or up by three, I guess. It was 28-25 with like five minutes to go. Um, I have a pretty strong opinion that we should have won that game. Not, you know, not for any one reason, but I think we were good enough, and I think we did enough to win that game. Um, and then, let's see, what uh, UAB was cool, getting to go play at Legion Field in Birmingham. That was awesome, you know. Um, when you walk in, they have a sign that says where legends play, and um, that so that was kind of surreal to get to play there and, you know, play – Sitting lockers that te- players from Alabama and Auburn and, you know, historic teams like that have played in. And then uh, let's see, what else? Who who else did we um, – cool matchups there. You know, playing a home-and-home home against Missouri State and Eastern Kentucky was cool. Um, we had a lot of – we had a lot of fourth-quarter comebacks, but that's nothing new if you watched us last year. Um, that was – that's kind of just what our MO was, was we – if we were down by 14, we were confident we could win. And um, so that was fun. Go. We went to Arkansas State. Um, they got the best of us. That we were. Kind of, I think we were kind of hungover after North Dakota State from that one. They like like I said, that was an emotional loss at North Dakota State. And so then coming back and going to Jonesboro, you know, six days, seven days later, wasn't wasn't the perfect uh, setup for for a win. But all in all, I think it was great. I think it was good for us to get to you know play some games this fall, and I think it'll. It'll pay off in the long run. Um, I, I have a strong opinion as far as spring season goes. I don't think it'll happen, but um, I do think that if it does happen, it benefits us not playing and not um, having the physical stress of a season and then turning around and playing in the fall of 21. So um, all in all, I think it was awesome. I think we kind of showed that football could be played in the midst of a pandemic, and so um, I definitely think that it was a success. Yeah, I watched the Austin P game and the UAB game, um, and some of the North Dakota State game. And Central Arkansas looked really, really good, especially against Austin P. I mean, I'm an OVC guy 
for now. I'm an <laughs> OVC guy, and um, I really wanted Austin P to win, and it was just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it almost looked like Austin P got tired at the end of the game, and y'all were just going – y'all were – I don't know what y'all were doing. Y'all were just driving – into them and just wore them down. And I don't know if it was the Alabama heat at the time, but I mean, Central Arkansas, I think was the better team, but I think Austin P kind of shot themselves in the butt and didn't really play like how we played against Eastern Washington last year, which was just keep that drive going throughout until the, until that clock reached triple zero. Um, so. Both of those games, Austin P and UAB, were phenomenal. And then it just got to a point with North Dakota State where I was just like, eh, it, we all know how this is going to end up. I watched it until North Dakota State got up by two possessions, and I was, and it was very little time left on the clock, and I was just like, North Dakota State won. There's, there's no point in watching the rest of this game. Central Arkansas did a really good job, gave, gave them their best shot, and just – North Dakota State playing in the Fargo Dome. I mean, what more can you do at that point? It was, yeah, and and like I said, I really thought we did enough to win that game, and that was that's probably the worst I've felt after a loss ever. You know, we've I've walked off the field getting shut out by Southeastern Louisiana at home. Um, I've walked off after you know ending the season to Illinois State, uh, really feeling like we you know. Didn't play well, but that one felt probably the worst um, just because I really did feel like we did enough. Um, we didn't play perfect, but we made plays when it counted, and then I think we kind of – we shot ourselves in the foot late, um, like I said, being up by three with five minutes left. And then that game was a whole lot closer than 11 points. And I think we turned the ball over late. Right after they scored, I think we turned the ball over. Um, and so, you know. Yeah. Hopefully um, by more than seven. Yeah, the the only time that JSU has played NDSU at the FCS level um, was the championship in 15. Yeah. And um, I know, Cody, you don't remember, you, you don't, you weren't there, but no. I mean, we were just cold. We got our butts handed to us. Yeah, we did. I mean, it, to us as Southerners, we, it was at, it came to a point where we were, where we were just like, we don't care about the game anymore. We just want to go home. It's cold. We're miserable. We want to go home. Mm-hmm. So it was a similar situation though, kind of being up. I mean, JSU was up late in that game, if I remember right. And then North Dakota State, you know, was that or was that? Uh, no, that was Illinois State. JSU wasn't up late in that one, were they? Uh, no, we no. we were down twenty four zip at half, and okay. it just didn't I'm get thinking, any better. I'm thinking, after that. State. I'm thinking Illinois State was up late. Yeah. NDSU drove to win. Yeah. So let's talk about JSU. So did you watch any JSU games, Will? I watched a replay of the Florida State game just because I wanted to see how that one looked. Um, And then I watched bits and pieces of the Florida International game. Um, Again, it was a replay. uh, But but I got to watch a little bit of both. So Cody and – Cody, you didn't go to the Mercer game, did you? I did not, unfortunately. But I did catch the recaps. And I did watch the Florida State game. Uh, mm. And of course, as you know, you and I were at the UNA, UNA game. game. Yeah. So, so 
we first began the season with Florida State. We were up 24, no, 21 to 7 at one point. Yeah, but uh, and... during the first during the first half of the game, we were uh, up twenty one to seven, and I, I remember one of the funniest moments that I remember from that game is the camera guy uh, shot over to these two guys uh, that were in like coated and glitter for uh, FSU colors, and you know just how sad they looked, and it just kind of made me feel a little bit better even though we lost the game uh i'm still like at the end of the day i was still happy about it because we performed really really well you know Mm -hmm. especially towards an fbs team now i get it florida state's not the best fbs team but still you know holding up against an fbs team for as long as we did you know it looked really good for us no, I agree. Uh, we we were ahead until what the fourth quarter, uh, and third that's quarter. when third quarter. I thought it was fourth quarter, but we were up twenty four twenty one, um, either in the third quarter or fourth quarter, and then FSU just kept. They just ran away with it, and I I eventually had to walk out of the room because th- this is just one of many games where JSU just. Not necessarily gives up, but is just let just gets game. down on themselves, yeah. and it's not just for football either. So, let's go to the next week or the next game. Mercer thirty four twenty eight. Now I did go to this game. This was the first game, um, home game of the season or only home game of the season, and it was pouring down rain. I'm really surprised I didn't get sick. Um, this was during my internship, and a bunch of the interns got together at the game, and we were having a good old time. We were being, we were getting nostalgia from hearing the Southerners play, from watching the game, and it was all of us. Everybody in that stadium was just soaked. Like my family went to the game. It, they had, they left early. I ended up leaving early because I was not about to stay for an entire game and be soaked even more than I was. Um, But JSU played really, really well. Um, Granted, it was raining, like I said, and they didn't look as good as they should have against a Mercer team. Mm -hmm. Um, But still, a win is a win. So I was very happy um, with that turnout. Um, If I remember correctly... It was Cooper that was playing quarterback. He looked really good. Um, and seeing the new boys play, the recruits that we talked about in the spring, mm-hmm. seeing some of them play, they they looked, the team just looked really, really good um, at that game. And it made me really excited for the next week against UNA. Um, so, Cody, give me your thoughts on the UNA game. It was 24-17. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful day for a, for a football game. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. So my first thoughts were, you know, cause the first quarter was a little bumpy and granted, you know, coach Gross was not there because, you know, he, he was put in quarantine because of everything. And, you know, maybe that was a factor, but I do also, and I've also been one of those firm believers that, JSU has always been, at least in my opinion, a let me wait the first quarter 
kind kind of team where mm-hmm. we just kind of keep an eye out and we see, you know, yes, we're making some plays um, and yeah, we might be scoring, but at the same time, we're really watching the other team. We're seeing what they're doing, how they're playing, what they're, what, you know, what kind of plays they're going to throw, you know, who are their main wide receivers that they're going to throw to, who are their running backs that they're going to hand it off to, you know, so JSU benefits from that moment because they can see what kind of team they're playing against. And then that's when you start seeing the progression into, hey, this is JSU football. Watch as we play this. So I think, you know, it was a little bumpy at first in regards to, hey, you know, this is what's going on. But I think overall, like, I think we played really well. I think, you know, we made a couple mistakes, a couple bad calls uh, somewhere. I, I, if I remember correctly, it was like, during the second and third quarter, we made some just you know, some bad calls. We mm-hmm. you know, got a couple flags thrown on us, but I think overall, like it was, it was a solid game. I think you know, UNA is a solid team. I think we held up against them very well, and you know, it, it just showed and eventually uh, progressed into the uh, Florida International game. Mm-hmm. So you, you're very much correct. It, it started out bumpy. Um, second and third quarter was a little better playing wise other than the disciplinary issues with, with the penalties being called on us. Um, and then fourth quarter, it was, I mean, it was still a battle. Like UNA is, I'm glad that we have this rivalry now. Uh, we need a true rival, um, for JSU other than UTC and we don't even play them every year. Right. Um, I'm hoping with UNA, it's an every year thing. Um, but a lot of people have dogged JSU for how they played against UNA. Mm-hmm. And they don't know the history like you and I do of the UNA-JSU rivalry. So it, it is a rivalry. So when it, when it comes to a rivalry, all bets are off the table. Now, one team could be play worse than the other um or they it could just be a one of those rivalry games where we're like we want to win or the other team is like we want to win and it's going to be a close game regardless of what the record is of both teams Uh, and And this was definitely one of those examples yeah and see for me like one thing that i want to see and i don't know maybe this is just me because i'm also an alabama fan and alabama does really well on their passing game you know, really strong wide receivers. I mean, heck, look at Devontae Smith, you know, just setting new records at Alabama, you know, just this past game. But I really do want to see JSU turn into a passing, you know, passing team. You know, Mm -hmm. we we do have strong uh, running backs, but I feel like we can continue growing as far as, you know, growing in our wide receivers and, you know, in that passing game, which, you know, with Cooper, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is Cooper's last year, isn't it? Mm, yes. So Webb is going to be taking over, right? Correct. Uh, to me, I think Webb's got a really good arm. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, if we don't play that into our advantage, then we're missing out on a good opportunity. Um, but of course, you know, still, still push on that running back because... I have seen running backs like uh, we've had some really solid running backs in the past. And so if we continue pushing in that field area, uh, field area as well, I mean, we're just setting ourselves up for success. Mm -hmm. 
Well, one of going on the passing game, the one thing I didn't see a whole lot of um, in the UNA game was a lot of screen passing, and we're we usually do a lot of screen passing. Um, I didn't see very many of that at UNA, um, so maybe they're getting away from it. Now there were a few screen plays, um, so they're not it's they're not throwing it out of their playbook. But I mean, I, they had some shots down the field, like some really good shots down the field. Um, so I'm hoping that our passing game just keeps developing, and then our our run game kind of took a, a downward slope over the past few years um, just because of our offensive line just not being as good as they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping this is a good um, momentum thing going into the spring, into the spring football season. Okay. It, I'm excited to see what we're going to do in the spring. Um, and then the game that everybody talked about, because we were the only team to beat an FBS school this fall was FIU. And granted, FIU is a very bad, like very bad. Like I would even consider saying they wouldn't even be ranked in the top 25 for FCS. Um, That's how bad they are. Uh, We beat them 19 to 10. Um, And playing in the Miami Heat, as hot as it was, still was in October in Miami. I think we played very well. I think we played very well. Um, I agree with you. So a lot of it was still the same stuff that we talked about um, for the UNA game. Good passing, good um, running. Uh, Zion and Cooper both looked very well in the Florida international game, better than the UNA game. Mm-hmm. So that was some good promise going into the spring season. Um, I'm just hoping that Gross still continues to use that two quarterback system and rotate them out and give Zion more playing time than what he had last year, which you and I both have very strong feelings that Zion should have been the starter last year instead of Cooper. Um yeah. And, and but, I think seeing Webb in that game was really beneficial because it's showing us, hey, this is what's going to come. This is what's going to be in our future. And I think Webb played a phenomenal game. I think, you know, c- given the circumstances, you know, especially environment, you know, playing an FBS team. Yeah, you know, they, they might not be the best, but they're still an FBS team. And I think, you know, they held up very well. And I think Webb did, you know, phenomenal and i think it just shows that this is where jsu is going to be heading you know of course you know with with cooper leaving then we're also going to have to try to find another quarterback because i know webb's time is coming you know coming to an end as well and it's just it's setting ourselves up you know that we can get to a position almost like say alabama where you have not just one but two maybe three quarterbacks that you can hold up on to say, you know, if one goes down or one's not doing super well, we can we can throw in the other and, you know, having that confidence to do so. Right. So let's move on. We've talked enough about the football season. So or better yet, Will, you saw a little bit of the Florida International game and Florida State game. So wh- what are your thoughts on JSU football going into the spring? Did Zarek Cooper get hurt at uh, FIU. I want to say he did. Yes. Did they just pull him out? 
I'm pretty sure. I want to say he was hurt, but I don't know how bad he was hurt. I agree. I think it was a minor injury, and you know, it was just like, hey, let's just let's let's rotate. Okay. Um, I think he is one of the best quarterbacks in the FCS. Um, I think he's he's definitely on that same tier as a lot of the top guys, and I think if if he's back in the spring, um. I think Jacksonville State's got a really good chance to uh, to be really good. Um, but, yeah, you're right. The Florida State game, from what I saw, I honestly don't think Jacksonville State is that much worse than Florida State. I, think, I don't think Florida State's that much better. Um, I think that the depth showed up at the end, and, I've, and that's something I've always said. It's not always the talent level um, – from starter to starter that's different when an FCS team goes to an FBS uh, campus and plays. A lot of time it's just the depth. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're rotating in three guys at one position, whereas an FCS school may be leaning on one guy. You know, 22, 22 extra scholarships shows up, um, especially in the, the end of the third quarter. And it, it, I went back and looked at the box score, and it looked like that's what happened, is that Florida State scored 20 points in the third quarter. And so a big third quarter is what – um, really did it in for the Gamecocks. And that's what happened to us at Arkansas State was we um, we didn't have the gas to get through the third quarter. And, um, you know, otherwise, I think if you, you play two quarters and you go 22 on 22, I think Jacksonville State wins that game. Um, and but then you talk about Florida International, Brandon, you kind of hit the nail on the head. They're really bad. Um, they're not – I think you you're 100 percent correct. They wouldn't be in the top 25 in the FCS. I don't think they would win the. I don't think they'd win the OVC. I don't think they'd win the Colonial. You know, I don't even think they'd win the Southland. But um, other than that, I think Jacksonville State looked really good. I think that you know that maybe a little inconsistent. Um, I think, but when they were at their best, um, especially against Florida International, they looked really good. Um, I think their defense looked good. Um, and, you know, the Florida State game, it's hard to gauge a defense because the athletes that they have playing in Tallahassee are, you know, second to none. But uh, right. I think that – I think Florida State – or I think that Jacksonville State looks really good. I think that uh, they're definitely going to be a, a contender in the spring. And, and I would like to see Zarek Cooper playing. Um, I think Zion Webb's good, but I think Zarek Cooper is still a little step above. Yeah. I think you're right. He is a a little bit better of a quarterback than Zion. I just think with certain aspects, Zion is better than Cooper. But overall, as a player, Cooper is the better player. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Let's move on to some of our topics that we have. Uh, We only have one today. um, Other than our question segment, that's a new segment that we're adding. so the first topic is the A-Sun expansion buzz. So last Monday, we there was buzz on Twitter, first from a baseball analyst, and then it was confirmed through a basketball analyst um, that JSU, Central Arkansas, and Eastern Kentucky were going to be um, in a negotiation period, a 60-day negotiation period, to be in the Atlantic Sun, which for football, as of right now, because we have our thoughts on that, 
Um, as of right now, we would be playing in the Big South because of the Big South and Atlantic Sun agreement. Um, so, with that being said, one of the things that was said was that they are going to, if this happens, they are going to start the 2021-2022 sports season um, in this conference. So, first off, do you think this is going to be a good move for these three schools? <laughs> uh, yes, and yes, and yes. Um, if so, okay. Which you know, Brandon and I and I've and I've talked about this before on our on our previous podcast. Um, look, I I I have enjoyed watching JSU in my time being a Southerner win against the OVC. It's been nice. But at some point, you have to call it quits and say, look, JSU is performing very, very well. We need better opponents. Other than the uh, scheduled games that we create, we need better opponents overall. And I think if we were to move to either the Big South or the SoCon, whatever, either one, no matter where we move, I think it would benefit us as, as a team and as a school because ultimately we can't continue to grow and prosper as a team and as a you know as an organization if we don't challenge ourselves yes we might you know stumble along the way maybe you know a team here a team there or a few who cares we're gonna get better no matter what but if we move it, it just helps us grow and get better. And I think in, in talking in reference to the other teams, same thing. I think it benefits them to grow and get better, you know, to get more comfortable doing, you know, playing different opponents that are, you know, as the years have gone by, shown progress themselves. And it's just, it's, it's just a challenge thing. And so I, I'm, I'm 100% please do this. For the love of God, uh, if if I have to, you know, shave my head and 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 whatever to to, to get something like this, I will. <laughs> okay, um, I think it's gonna be a good move for all three schools. Um, JSU has been dominant in the OVC um, for football, at least. Um, yes, in softball and baseball. Um, baseball recently, but softball and football have been our most dominating sports in the OVC. Um, basketball has recently just started getting good. Now, the OVC is a good basketball conference, but looking at the teams that either could possibly join or who we would be playing in the Atlantic Sun to start out, it's going to be a good basketball move as well as a football move and all sports move. Um, I don't know too much about Central Arkansas for other sports, but football, this will be a, from what I can tell, be a very good move for them because it seems to be them and Sam Houston State at the top of the um, Southland every year. And even though EKU is 
not the best football team. They're not a bad football team. So I think them moving this conference, because they've wanted to move up to the FBS, to the Sun Belt, and Sun Belt denied them, and they've just been stuck in the OVC. And I think them moving to this new conference for football will give them more competition other than JSU. And in all other sports, they're a very good basketball team, um, good baseball team. Um, I wouldn't say their softball team is bad. They're decent. But for all other sports, it's going to be it, this could be a very good conference for all sports, including football. Um, I think this is just going to be a really good move overall for all of all of these three teams. Uh, they have the facilities to do it, too. Um, yeah, just looking at some of these teams that are in the Atlantic Sun and the Big South, like the facilities, these three teams would have some of the best facilities in the conference. So, Will, I, what's your thoughts? You know, I think it's a good move. Um for, for UCA and Jacksonville State. Um, I don't really know about Eastern Kentucky. I mean, they're good. I mean, they beat us this year once. We beat them once. But, I mean, they've won, you know, this is the past two years they won seven games. And so, like, each year. And so, I mean, they're not bad. Um, I think the conference would be good, though. And the question I would have is if just those three teams move, which who knows – but if just those three teams were to make the move to the Atlantic Sun, now you've got five teams that the Atlantic Sun would have in their conference playing football. You'd have Kennesaw State, North Alabama, Eastern Kentucky, Jacksonville State, and UCA. All you need is one more to get the to get an auto bid for the FCS playoffs. You only have to have six. And so if they can add one more, I don't know that we're going to be playing under the Big South umbrella. Um now, who would that be? I don't know. I don't know who else is trying to make a move. Um, I would love to see somebody like Austin P come with it because I think that would I think that would really be a good conference. And I mean, that's six that's six teams that opens the door to play a lot of non-conference games, possibly a couple FBS games every year, um, and you'd still get an auto bid. And I think you you put those six teams up against the best six teams in any of the other conferences, and you know I like our chances, um, but. We'll have to see. Yeah, I think there's probably more to it than what we know, but uh, we'll see how that goes. But all in all, I think it's a good move for the reasons you guys both said. I think Jacksonville State, you know, they've won the Ohio Valley other than last year, uh, won it from 14 to 18, and, you know, a couple times before that anyway. Um, so I think, I think it's good for, for Jacksonville State, and the same for UCA. You know, we haven't been – as dominant in the Southland. We've been, you know, right up there at the top year in, year out, but we haven't always won it. Um, but I think that um, it would be good for us, too, for the same reason. I think that you play consistently good opponents. Um, if you were to do that, I don't think you'd have really an off week where you're playing somebody bad. Uh, like, you know, I'm sure Jacksonville State doesn't freak out when they go to Eastern Illinois every year, and I'm sure that the same same way – uh, UCA doesn't, you know, freak out when we go to Northwestern State. So, um, yeah, I think it's good for both teams. I think the, the competition level goes up for sure. And I think that's that's only good when you're prepping for um, playoffs and, you know, playing somebody out of the Valley, out of the, out of the Missouri Valley or the Colonial. 
you know, it kind of prepares you to play somebody better. So I, I definitely think it's a good move. And whether it's a stepping stone for these schools or whether it's, you know, a long-term home, um, who knows? But I definitely think it's something that – I think you'll see it happen, and I think that it, you'll see benefits come for all the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so until that new conference um, for football and even for all sports because they're wanting to – expand to 20 teams and the Atlantic Sun is and then split and the new Atlantic Sun keeps the Atlantic Sun name and this new conference would be called the United Athletic Conference. Um, Until that happens, I think you're going to see these three teams and whoever else joins the Atlantic Sun, I think you're going to see them play in the Big South. So for next season, if this move happens, you will have 12 teams in the Big South. That would be Kennesaw State, Central Arkansas, Eastern Kentucky, North Alabama, Jacksonville State, Robert Morris, North Carolina A&T, Hampton, Campbell, Charleston Southern, Garner Webb, and Monmouth. Now, I have a few scenarios and opinions on the last three teams I've named, uh, but we will get to that later um, because I think those three teams are going to leave. I uh, don't know where. I'll I'll talk about it later. Um, and then you're going that's going to bring that's going to have room leave room for possibly three other teams or however many other teams to come in and join the Big South for football and the Atlantic Sun overall. So, let's move on to our questions segment. First question, I stole some from the podcast I recorded earlier um, on Saturday. So, sorry Kyler, Lawrence, Matthew, We just needed to fill in some questions. And these are really, really good questions, too. So first question is from Adam Willie. He's a, we all know him. He's a faithful North Dakota State Bison. Um, Why should JSU move to the Sun Belt instead of the Atlantic Sun? So, Cody, let's get your thoughts first. All right. So the Sun Belt Conference, you know, in, in a hypothetical, you know, position, so just making sure you're asking me why we should move to the Sun Belt instead of the A-Sun? Yes. Okay, so again, I just see it as a possibility of, you know, no matter where we move, whether we move to the A-Sun or the Sun Belt, I think it would just be a really good opportunity for growth. I think if we move to the Sun Belt, I think we would open up to some far far more open you know uh teams uh so like for example let's see hold on i'm I'm making sure i pulled up the right list did i pull up the wrong list i totally pulled up the wrong list i'm so sorry okay so so we got people like georgia southern south alabama coastal carolina which if y'all have been paying attention to coastal carolina uh They've been doing some interesting stuff. You got Louisiana Raging Cajuns. I mean, there's just an opportunity for, you know, newer teams to play. And I think if we move to the Sun Belt, I think it's just an opportunity opportunity for the you know, for the football team, for all of our teams, as well as for the college. I think GSU would grow in popularity as far as like who we are as a college as well, because you're seeing us play these, these 
more well-known teams, which I'm not saying JSU's not well-known, but you know what I mean. Um, but I, I see that as a growth opportunity, and I think it's just more of a ability to grow. So I, I, it's the same position as I had for the ASUN. You know, it's just you pick one or the other. Okay. So, Will, I'm going to change the question up a bit for you. Okay. Why should UCA move to the Sun Belt instead of the ASUN? Instead of the ASUN? Um, I don't know that either one is a better move um, for us. I know our enrollment uh, our enrollment size is is big enough to go to the to the Sun Belt, I and mean, we're sitting at like twelve five, I think, um, as far as students on campus. Um, and so, you know, we're big enough. We're, we're have a similar cookie cutter outline of a school as a lot of the Sun Belt schools do, other than like you know UT Arlington and Appalachian State, who have like forty thousand students. Um, but and, and so I think we fit those molds. Um, as far as like athletic department goes, I think we're, we're starting to build the brand uh, that people know um, in the Southeast. And so I don't know that we should go to the Sun Belt right now um, instead of the A-Sun, but I think it's something that maybe you use the A-Sun as a stepping point for the Sun Belt. Because uh, we've got some, we've definitely got some things we've got to get done in on campus in Conway before I think we could make that move um, as far as like athletic facilities go. I think we, um, everybody knows that we'd have to expand the stadium. I think JSU, as far as athletic facilities, is probably further along, um, especially football-wise, um, to make the move. Because, I mean, what's the, what's the capacity of, of JSU Stadium? 24,000, and then it's more with standing room. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the record crowd at UCA is uh, like 13-5 or something, and, and, and that's standing room only. Um, and so I don't know that you've definitely got some things that have got to be done. And, you know, those things can be done. Otherwise, you wouldn't see places like Old Dominion being FBS. And um, there's a lot of schools that, you know, Texas State, they whenever they were in the Southland, they had this stadium that was very similar to the one we have in Conway. And they made the improvements to do it. So I don't know that it's necessarily the move that we need to make right now. Um, but... I, I don't know. It's kind of a loaded question because I don't know that the Sun Belt's necessarily better right now. Um, I, I would love to see us in the Sun Belt in the next five years, um, mm-hmm. as long as as long as the move to the A Sun goes well and you know we're competitive and the facilities you know get beefed up and and, and I know that's in the plan and I, there's you know buzz around Conway about what's going on with the football stadium and things like that and you know there's good things coming and I think that. In a couple of years, I think we'll be ready. But right now, I don't know that we are. Um, com- as far as competition goes, I think we're ready. I think we could be competitive. Um, you give mm-hmm. us, you give us twenty two more scholarships and let us play, you know, ten Sun Belt games a year. I think we win five of them. Um, but um, but right now, I don't know that right now going to the Sun Belt over the A Sun is the move. I think definitely the A Sun, whether it be the Big South or the A Sun for football, I think is a Probably a better move. Mm-hmm. I am going back to JSU for this move. Um, I think I agree with you, Will. I think the better move right now is the Atlantic Sun. 
Um, I think JSU is wanting to make the jump to FBS, but I think they're trying to hold off until 2023 to at least see what's going to happen on the FBS level because there's talks of possibly the G5 and Power 5 um, parting ways. And yeah. so when if that happens, you could see either some FCS conferences or a bunch of FCS conferences joining the group of five. Um, honestly, if this conference ends up being as good as it is, it should be. Um, I think you could see this conference possibly make the jump up to the group of five. Um, so I, I think, I, what, what were you about to say? I think you hit the nail on that. And me and you have talked a little more. I know that you've heard what I have to say about what might or might not happen as far as who moves to the ASAN and who doesn't. I think if what if what we talked about does happen, I could see the ASUN being a group of five conference in five years. And oh, I, I 100% agree. Um, because I think, yeah. all those, I think all the schools that me and you talked about are schools that will that want to be um, in the bowl subdivision for long. Right. Um, yeah, I, I just don't think playing in a bowl game is appealing for postseason. I agree. Um, and so – if this split happens, I think you could definitely see the group of five making their own kind of playoff system. And it'd be like, it'd be a lot like the F- FCS playoffs. Um, so I think that's more appealing. Um, as for like requirements for JSU, I mean, we have the facilities to make the jump. Do I think it's going to be the jump that we make right off the bat? No. Um, even after this split happens and if the A-Sun makes the jump to the group of five, um, I still don't think you would see us joining the Sun Belt in 10 years. Um, but some teams that we could, that we would play that I think would be awesome to play in the A-Sun is Troy. Obviously we have a huge rivalry with Troy. Um, we don't play a whole lot in football. Um, not even basketball. We mostly play Troy and baseball and softball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then South Alabama, another Alabama school, that would be a natural rival. Um, and then Georgia Southern and Coastal Carolina. Um, I don't think we would have a rivalry with App State. Um, we've played Georgia Southern before and played them pretty well towards um, the beginning of the 90s, if I'm correct on that and remembering correctly. Um, we've played them very well. Um, and then we beat Coastal Carolina the year that they went FCS independent on their transition. Um, so rivalry-wise, I think it would be a good move. But I overall, I just don't think it's going to be a smart move to ignore the A-Sun and try to go straight to the Sun Belt. Because I, I don't think we would do as well as we would like to think we would do in the Sun Belt. You I, refer- I think a lot of people would be very disappointed. You uh, you referenced 2023 earlier. Are you talking about like mass realignment with the with FBS? Yeah, because of the TV deals and all of yeah, that. I think you're going to see some unprecedented moves as far as the group of five conferences. Like you said, I think that the split can happen. I think that you may see the new FCS being, um, like you said, the group of five plus the, like the top half of the FCS. Um, 
And I, I think you see some of the top group of five schools, you know, move away from it because I think like Cincinnati and Central Florida and Memphis, I think they're prepared to be, you know, power five schools as, if they could get an invite. But um, I definitely think you could see a huge FCS group of five merger. And I think you could see conference mergers. I think you could see mega conferences. That's just my opinion. Um, but there could be some really interesting stuff happen in the next three years. So, so what we've talked about leads right into our next question. Thoughts on possible a sun expanding even more from Joshua Hoffman, good old South Dakota state fan. Um, so Will, how about you take the lead on this one? Yeah. Um, I think it'll happen quicker than most people think. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give too much away, but I think that the A-Sun, I think the A-Sun will be playing football, um, under the A-Sun umbrella next year. I don't think it'll be a big South deal. Um, I think that it's going to, it's going to suck for the big South because, you know, when they got North Carolina A&T to make the move from the MEAC, um, they became one of the better conferences in FCS, but I think you're about to see Kennesaw move out. North Alabama is going to move out. Not just because the A-Sun I think is going to sponsor football next year. Because, um, I mean, if they get one more school, then there'd be no point in them not sponsoring it um, and getting an auto bid. Um, and so I think, I mean, I think they'll at least get one more. Like I said, I wish it'd be somebody like Austin P. Um, but I think that, um, I think they will expand. And as far as the the whole UAC and ASUN split, I think that'll happen too. Um, just with people that I've talked to. The commissioner over at the ASUN is very progressive, and um, he's looking, I don't want to say imperialistic, but he's really trying to make the ASUN a bigger um, uh, conference and uh, more of a, a name on the map rather than just somebody you see that's a 13 seed when March Madness comes around. Um, but I think his name's Ted Gumbart. He, um, yeah. He, um, I think you'll see. I think you'll see that he is very visionary, and I think he's got more going on behind the scenes than we know of. And so, I, I think the ASUN will play football next year with six or more goals. Um, but I think it's a good move for them. Um, if they can sponsor football, that's just more money for them. That's a chance for somebody with the ASUN, you know, patch on their jersey to win a national championship, and that's something that I think every conference is looking to do. So. I think they will. You'll, I think you'll see one or two more schools make the move with with UCA and Jacksonville State. Okay. Um, yeah, I I think you're gonna see a lot more um, join. Um, uh, going back to the Big South, um, until that, until we know for a fact that su- the A sign is gonna sponsor football next season i'm going to refer back to the big south so i think the schools that you will see leave the big south in the coming two to three years is charleston southern garner webb and monmouth there has been rumored that charleston southern and garner webb are going to drop scholarship football and join the pioneer league um which with the size of their stadiums and how much exposure i guess you could say that they have um with their fan base and just the school in general um, the pioneer league is going to fit them a lot 
better. I mean, they have really small stadiums. Uh, they just fit better in the Pioneer and not sponsoring uh, scholarship football. Um, I think you could see Monmouth possibly join the NEC or um, the CAA. But as for, like, teams coming into the A-Sun, I think you could see Austin P. Uh, there's been talk of possibly JMU possibly leaving the CAA. So even though I don't think they would join the A-Sun, I think that could be a possibility. Um, Cody and I would love to see UTC join just because we have a bad blood rivalry with them. Um, uh, you may disagree with me, but I think I honestly think one of the – um, Southland, Louisiana schools could possibly join. Um, maybe not next year, but possibly in the near future. Um, if somebody then, if somebody did that, I think it would be McNeese. Um, I don't know that anybody besides McNeese has the athletic program to do that. And, and no disrespect to Nichols or Southeastern or Northwestern, but McNeese, just playing down there, I felt like I was playing at FBS school and I think that I'm surprised that they haven't tried to make the move um to the FBS and but I, I do think that playing in a conference like the A-Sun would benefit them if they were trying to um oh, I I 100% agree with you I don't um, see but I don't see Southeastern and I don't see Nichols I really don't see Nichols or Northwestern doing it but um but McNeese for sure I could see McNeese doing that mm-hmm. um you could see also some the two teams move up. Um, I think the two best ones that would fit, um, and you could see three of these teams um, leave the Gulf South. Um, I think you could see West Florida or Valdosta State join the A-Sun. Um, and then the third one would be Delta State, but I think they would honestly ju- go to the Southland. Um because they're in Mississippi and they're closer to the Southland schools than they would be for the A Sun schools. Um, just, just in my opinion, I think they would be a better fit for the Southland, just so the Southland can have some exposure in Mississippi. Um, and then I Vermont, State, huh? I think Valdosta State is a huge um, possibility. Um, I think so too. Um, I was talking to my friend; she's heading up from University of Florida today for Thanksgiving break. And we were talking about Valdosta State, and she's, um, she said it's a beautiful campus. I was like, Laura, well, I hope so, since they have over 12,000 students. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think out of those two, um, Valdosta State has the better history than West Florida. Um, I think you could possibly very well see Valdosta State make the move to the A-Sun. Now, basketball, for basketball reasons – I think Belmont needs to go back to the A-Sun. They have a huge rivalry with Lipscomb. It's, uh, I don't remember the name of the rivalry, but it they're on the same street, pretty much. Like, Belmont is just, like, right down the road from Lipscomb. And so that would bring so much back to the A-Sun um, until the split happens. Um and then you could possibly very well see a non D two a non football D two school like University of Alabama Huntsville. I don't think they would make the move. They're just an example. Um, but who knows if their financial situation is good, then you could very well possibly see UAH possibly join the A Sun. 
Caddy? Oh, sorry. I, I didn't know <laughs> if we were continuing forward. Um, I mean, overall, I don't want to... Uh, I mean, I basically agree with you guys. I think, you know, if we expand the A-Sun, it's just A, more money for them, and especially if they sponsor football. Um, and I think we could see... I do agree with Will on the possibility of putting in uh, McNeese. Again, nothing against Southeastern or uh, or uh, Nichols. I think Nichols possibly might be a pos- uh, potential as well. But I think you know we could see uh, somebody from that area move into the ASUN. I think it's just I think it's a unique opportunity, and I think it's good for any school that has the opportunity to move into the ASUN, both with football and with like basketball. Um, so I think it's just something that, you know, would be beneficial at the end of the day. Okay. So let's move on into our next question. Is JSU the favorite to win the OVC? Why or why not? From our good old friend, Joshua Hoffman. So Cody, what do you think? <laughs> Um, I was going to say a phrase, but I just realized that I need to keep this PG-13. Um, <laughs> but there's a phrase about a bear being in the woods doing something. Um, if you if you know what phrase I'm talking about, then you know the answer to this question is yes. Uh, I think Southeastern Missouri and Austin P are really good. I think they've showed prominence. But at the end of the day, I think JSU just has an edge against both teams that just shows. And I think we've shown that in the, the, the four games that we played in the fall, I think we're going to do well in the spring. Yes. I think OVC, uh, as far as the OVC is concerned, JSU is going to be the winner. Okay. Well, what, what do you think? And, and also what are your thoughts on possibly UCA? Well, you, y'all aren't playing a com a conference schedule, so y'all can't win this, uh, Southland, but, do you think that y'all might finish high in the Southland because of your overall record? Uh, I'll start with the JSU question. I think that – I definitely think they're the favorite. Um, I would say Austin P, but I don't know if you guys saw. Jeremiah Oatsball is transferring out. Um, he just announced that, and he was really good. He was a heck of a quarterback. But with that, I, I think that Jacksonville State's going to be the most talented in the league. Um, and I think Southeast Missouri will be the next best um, in the OVC, but I do think that JSU will be the favorite. Um, as far as us in the Southland, uh, you know, I think if we had played a normal conference season, I do think we would have won the Southland. Um, I think Sam Houston was going to be really, really good, um, and we would have had to go to Huntsville to play that, uh, play that game, but I do think that I think we had the talent to do it if it had been a normal year. Um, as far as our overall record, you know, being five and four, I don't think that's going to get you higher than third in the Southland. Um, but and and we you know we opted out of a potential playoff bid. It's going to be a completely different team um, if we were to try and take a playoff bid in the spring. I don't think we would get one, but if we did, um, it would be a completely different team playing. But at five and four, I don't think that we'll be any higher than third. But it, like, I mean, if we were playing Southland schools, I think we would have been a lot better than five and four. Mm-hmm. Um, I think JSU is the favorite. Um, just seeing how well they played in the fall, 
um, especially with an FBS win um, and with the new news about Austin P. Um, with their quarterback transferring, Austin P. is not going to do very well in the OVC. He was the main person that was like, he was the guy for Austin P. So I, I don't think Austin P. is now going to do very well. I think your only competition is possibly SEMO. Uh, um, but even though that they lost to Southern Illinois, I, that that to me has a trend. If SEMO beats Southern Illinois, then they're going to be good in the OVC. But if they lose to Southern Illinois, they're they're going to be at best average in the OVC. So I don't think we're going to have to worry about SEMO or Austin P this year. If we had to worry about anybody, it's probably going to be UT Martin. Um, I think they are probably going to be our biggest competition this year. Um, other than Tennessee State, but I haven't really heard a whole lot about Tennessee State recently. Uh, they always play us tough. They they give us our they give us their best. So I, I honestly think JSU is going to win the OVC and possibly get a seed in the playoffs. Uh, All right, next question. Lost you. Favorite concert band piece. So Cody, what is your favorite concert band piece? I think we may have lost him. Hello. Yeah, you uh, you cut out there for half a second, my man. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just asking your favorite concert pan- concert band piece. Can't talk today. Go. Oh shoot. Um. Jeez. Oh, okay, I can't remember. Um, I can't remember what it was called. Um, because it's been a hot minute since I've been in concert band. Um. But it. Oh wait, no, no, no. Uh, if if you want to go first, go. Uh, cause uh, I know I know exactly what it is, but I I gotta rem- I gotta pull it up real quick. All right, Will, you go first. I was in band from sixth to eighth grade. Obviously, I don't play anymore. But uh, in middle school, I would say my favorite piece was the Tempest. We played it at Christmas for our concert. I think in the eighth grade, seventh grade, something like that. Such a good Robert W. Smith piece. Um, I love that piece. The intermediate band, when I was in middle school, played it. It's such a good piece. Um, Wish I had gotten the opportunity to play it. It would have been a fun middle school piece. Um, For uh, before I give my mine, my favorite concert band piece. uh, What instrument did you play? I was in percussion. Okay. Fair. You you look like a percussion player. I still play I still play the drums at church, like a full set, but I was in percussion when I was in in band. Nice, nice. So I, what I have written down under this question is you shouldn't have asked a future instrumental music edu- educator this question. because um, we have for me, there's so many pieces that I like, but if I had to pick an all-time favorite it would have to be either Blue Shades or um, Battle of Shiloh March. Um, Blue Shades is probably my ultimate favorite. Uh, it's by Frank DeKelly. Um, just I, I played it on the marching field my senior year, and ever since then, it's been one of my favorite concert band pieces. Uh, got exposed to a few new um, pieces of music during internship, um, especially at the middle school level. Um, but... Overall, 
Blue Shades is my favorite. Um, you can't get any better than that uh, piece. It's just it's just fun to play. Mm-hmm. All right, so I I finally figured figured them out. Um, so one of them I've I pl- I played. Uh, it was like one of the last pieces I played before I stopped playing concert band. And then the other one I played at an honor band, and there's a reason why it is important. So the first one is uh, Rippling Watercolors. Um, there's just something about it, just the, the, the sound of it and just how intense the music is and, and how it just builds and then just drops. Uh, is I agree. I, I just really, really enjoy um, and for the same reason on this other one, Chorus Angelorum, um, I played that at an honor band. Now, the reason why both of these are super important to me is because uh, the, the year I played that uh, that piece, Chorus Angelorum, was uh, the year it, that while I was there, I had met one of my uh, really, really, really great friends that I'm still friends with to this day. Uh, while we were there at the honor band, uh, she had missed the first half section of the of the honor band because her mother had passed away. And, you know, she came in, explained it to all of us. And we were all just, you know, you know, hugging her and, and making sure that she you know felt loved. Uh, but she still went because she knew that's what her mom wanted to do, uh, that she would continue uh, with her music. And so that's why she came back. And so our honor band director actually uh, had her, you know, talk about the piece and, you know, dedicated it to her mom. But at the same time, as that was going on, my own uh, relative, my grandmother was suffering from cancer. And so I actually lost my grandmother about a month later uh, in January and so it was it was just an emotional piece to think about because it was just this idea of, you know, death and rebirth and, you know, remembering the ones that we've lost. And so it, it's just something that I, I hold on to to this day. Mm-hmm. Didn't we perform Rippling Watercolors at JSU together? Probably. That's I think probably. that was the case because I think we were in Symphonic Band one fall semester and we were playing it. But yeah, I, I honestly, like, no joke, can't listen to either one of those songs without crying. Uh, they're both, uh, I haven't heard the last one you said, but Rippling Watercolors is beautiful. Yeah, of course, Angel um, Room was a phenomenal piece. Mm-hmm. So, well, we have a, we usually close our shows with uh, two segments, predictions and believe it or not, but there's not, we're in a global pandemic, so we're not going to do... Um, predictions, but we are going to close with Believe It or Not, and I have five Believe It or Not. So what you will do is you will say Believe It or Not. So the first one is JSU and UCA will make the move to the Atlantic Sun. Believe it. Cody? Believe it. I believe it too. I I think that's going to probably be end up happening um now, when the announcement will be made, we don't know. I guess we'll just have to wait and anticipate the announcement. So the second one, JSU will get an at-large bid to the playoffs due to their fall schedule. Now, this is, of course, if we don't win the OBC. Uh, I believe it. 
I believe it as long as they go five and one in the OVC. Yeah, I believe it too. Um, that's if we only lose one conference game. Um, if we lose two, like Kyler said on our on the podcast we recorded, um, if they lose two, they could be on the bubble. But I don't think that they would um, get an at large bid if they lost two conference games. Um, Next one, the Atlantic Sun Football Conference or United Athletic Conference will make the big three into the big four. I believe it. I believe that one too. I think especially – I'll just say I believe it. I'll leave it at that. I believe it. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think this is a conference that the South – um, the Southern United States needed in FCS football. So I, I honestly think it'll be like the SOCON back in the day. So next one, UCA will make the playoffs. Uh, no, because we have, we came out, and we opted out completely. We, we said that even if we were to be on the bubble, that we would opt out. Um, the whole athletic department as a whole said that that wasn't a good move. And so We've actually come out and said that either way we're not playing in it. But even if we were, I don't think we would get a bid. Yeah, I, th- I think I agree with you on that one. Yeah. So the last one, the Atlantic Sun Conference will be an easy two to three bid conference every year for playoffs. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it too. What What teams do you think could be the consistent – um, teams looking for one of those bids. I think the easiest answer is to say UCA, Jacksonville State, and Kennesaw State. I don't, I don't, you know, there may be a year that two out of those three make it, but I think pretty much every year all three are going to be in contending. Yeah, uh, UCA, JSU, uh, Kennesaw, possibly uh, UNA, or you know, whoever. If yeah, it, I think. I think once UNA becomes playoff eligible and with playing in this conference for at least a year before they were eligible, I, I might be wrong. They may be eligible next year, um, but I don't think their first year of eligibility, they'll make the playoffs. But I think over time, as they get exposure in this conference to really good competition, you could see UNA being in contention for one of those bids. Yeah. I agree. Well, all right. That wraps up this episode. Thank you, Will, for coming on and not making it just me and Cody and getting another perspective. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. It was fun. Oh, yes. We enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I think we've covered everything, so I think this is goodbye. So remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at cocky underscore nation. Um, that's where we post all of the new news for JSU sports, for our podcasts, um, stuff that's going on with the, with Eric, Cody, Caleb, and myself. So be sure to give us a follow. We're also on Facebook. So go like our page. If you look up, um, cocky nation, a JSU podcast on Facebook, um, just request to join and we'll add you to the group. So I think that's all we have to say for today and be on the lookout for possible new episodes all right so thank you guys for joining me today and i guess we'll see you later go game cards guys go bears all right